0: He potentially striking out less because his willingness to go the other way means he doesn't pull off of the outside breaking ball nearly as often.
1: He neck
2: soreness, yeah. That's... He borrowed Biggio's pillow and was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why uh... do you think I'm caught off guard? I, no, I always, I always have this. <laughs>
0: And welcome to episode number 207 of Artificial Turf Wars. Apply today to be on the Blue Jays' injured list. Spots are filling up fast. Uh, we're here to help you with that uh, form. Just uh, email uh, artificialturfwars.podcast.com at podcast.net. And uh, yeah, we'll tell you how to get on the injured list. It's pretty easy. It seems like lots of people are on it. I am your host, Greg Wastewski. And I am joined by the underrated Nick Dyka. Nick, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me back. And the underappreciated Joshua I'm Josh, my friend, how's it going?
1: Not too bad, thanks. Did not you think bad. I
0: was going to call you overrated after I called you underrated? Accurate, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I am not that cruel. Uh, we have a podcast. We have a podcast that is going to recap Marcus Semien, Player of the Month, something that we already knew but are now allowed to officially celebrate. Um, we're going to talk about the bullpen woes that I would argue... Uh, continued to fester in Cleveland in the doubleheader, and, and we'll see if the, my co-hosts agree. Uh, Tyler Chatwood. Wow. We're probably just going to talk all about Tyler Chatwood. Um, good news. Randall Grichuk. no matter how many times we predict him turning back into a pumpkin, seems to not have done that yet. Uh, the Blue Jays are done with the Needham. As we said last week, they are in Buffalo, and uh, it's been going well so far because the Marlins... Didn't finish things off in their second game or a little sweep. Uh, Ross Stripling, couple good starts in a row. Danny Jansen, minimal number of plate appearances. We, he might be an automatic out this week. We'll see. Uh, the injured list. This is like half the podcast. Uh, we'll go over all the names. We have your questions. Uh, we have a gold star for Joey Votto because I love Joey Votto and one for MLB because we're not kind enough and we don't hand it up. Of those out these days. Gentlemen, we begin with Marcus Semion, player of the month. Josh, uh well deserved, I would say. Do you agree? Yeah. Uh if well I would definitely be
1: overrated if I said I disagree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, he his May line was 368 with a 429 on base and a 702 slugging, eight home runs, three or two stolen bases. 23 runs, 22 RBI. Like, it was just a monster month of May to bring his total line, uh, you know, to by the end of the month. He was hitting with a 915 OPS. It's actually gone up in the first two days of April, uh, of June. But, like, yeah, he was just tremendous. And he's he's looking like an all-star. Like, a a legitimate, like, he's second in the league in Fangraph's war behind Vlad. (laughs) I mean...
0: (laughs) It's what, I was going to say it was for for the the month of of May. It was like leading off with a faster Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I presume you're as happy as the rest of us, Nick.
2: I am. I like bringing Vlad up. Vlad had an insane May as well. Um, probably a little less statistically impressive uh, than Marcus Semien's, but he also had a really really great. Um, may so yeah it's uh, the jays had two really good offensive players and is a well-deserved win for marcus
1: funny thing about vlad's may it was worse than his april <laughs> it was yeah. really yeah so his line at the end of april was 350 with a 490 on base and a 663 slugging his may line was 302 380 613
2: yeah. Was it just he hit a bunch more home runs in May, and that's why he kind of it felt like he was doing better?
1: Yeah, he had nine home runs in May compared to uh, the seven hey, in April. Like a, I mean, his April he, was just uh,
0: stupid.
2: Well,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, the the OBP in 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 April is is not nobody's going to do that month after month. Mike Mike Trout doesn't do 490? that. Four <laughs> ninety. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he took a ton of walks in addition to being everything else. I mean, he is the automatic intentional walk still for the Blue Jays, despite the presence of both Teoscar Hernandez and Randall Grichuk after him. It's like, nah, we we don't He's want to actually deal with only got five. Those the situations don't come up that often, is what I find, because they won't they won't run Semyon or Bichette if they're on first. Again, because everyone knows what's going to happen next. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I don't I don't know what happens for Marcus Simeon out here, uh, out from here, but if he, again, we've talked about it, maintains the average of those two months, that's fine. That's beyond fine. Yeah,
1: you mean if he finishes with a season line of 301, 372, 546?
0: will <laughs> yeah, take that out of the second baseman. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be looking for a different second baseman next year if that happens, though
1: yeah we have a question about that so we can get to that later
0: all right uh first there are the highs then there are the lows i wanted to talk about the bullpen in the context of game 2 in cleveland i think josh wants to to address the broader problem of the arms in the bullpen what what nick is is your general view of of uh of the biggest problem in the bullpen right now let's let's start with that
2: well i guess um to, to pick up on a conversation i was having uh on twitter with with josh and some others i don't think it's charlie montoyo um i think i think people that are very very frustrated with tyler chatwood is kind of confusing to me because like have you seen tyler chatwood pitch over the last five years he does like two-thirds of what he did last sunday in cleveland and like gets out of it most of the time. Um,
1: um, if you're saying the last five years, he definitely wasn't getting out of it most of the time. His numbers were well, terrible the last well, few years.
2: Yeah. My point is like, this is what you get with Tyler Chapman. He walks a lot of guys and like, it's the second game of a doubleheader. You've already used Romano and Delise. like this to me, this like it's super obvious. Montoya screwed up is, is kind of strange and I, I don't get it. Like, are, are you serious? <laughs> Are you hundred yeah. yeah. percent serious? Bullpen bullpen management is like, like I, I was seeing people talk about how, Oh, John Gibbons would never do this. It's like, yeah. And you were mad at John Gibbons for bringing in your best relievers when you're up seven in the eighth inning. Like it's, I just, and, and also I don't see other, like who's the great bullpen manager in baseball right now. If it's not Charlie Montoya, like, see, but you're taking this to the broad general. Is
1: he good or bad at it? Right. Not, did he make a clear mistake? in that game and the answers are different to that right
2: well, okay then my question is is it clearly a mistake when you've seen a guy do that and get out of it before again wildness is a big part of how tyler chatwood operates you
0: have he nobody
1: hasn't, he hasn't You're... been doing that with the blue jays like that's the thing like no one has seen him do that with the jays yet um right. including,
0: in, and... including charlie
1: montoyo yeah so but like, well maybe...
2: that's 19 innings versus like you know two years or three years worth of
1: but the Tyler Chadwood who doesn't throw strikes is bad like that's the thing like he he was bad with with the Cubs <laughs> so like when he's lost the zone I'm not saying they should have just yanked him right away but it's inexcusable not to have someone warming up until the third walk with two balls it's just you, you can't do that he already walked one in the inning before he'd been a little if he control controlled the last two innings I'm not saying you take him out but there's no downside to warming someone up and getting them hot because they'd had all these weird double double headers and rain out, and games off and rain outs. And then they had an off day the next day. So have someone ready to go. If Tyler Chatwood doesn't find it and he did not find it. And by the and, time and they brought in Castro, it was too late.
2: Like who, who is it? Because that's the thing. When who you cares? You, somebody it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Well, no, well, it does not matter.
0: In that situation, I, Nick, stop. In that situation, Nick, it doesn't matter. You could have a dead fish in the bullpen. If there's nobody on third and he can throw strikes, you have a better shot of getting out of that game in one piece than you do with Tyler Chatwood walking in the tying I think, run. I think
2: that's I think that's revisionist history. And I think what would have happened is if you yanked Chatwood after two walks and you let a guy with nine major league innings in and he gave up the lead. You'd say, why would you get rid? Nope. Or why Definitely would you we'll no, be saying rid that? Of your, no I don't well, question, I, no chance. He was going into going into that day. I think he was like their th- fourth best pitcher in terms of like pitcher but war his, or his, whatever. Like,
0: I don't care about his pitcher war. His previous outing was an outing where he could not find the zone. Then he proceeded to have all the trouble in the world to find the zone in his first inning. If 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 he was brought in in the ninth and started walking people, and Charlie Montoyo didn't have someone ready in time, I'm okay with that. That's like, oh, it got away from me before I could see that there might be a problem. He had no sense of where the baseball was going for the first two batters. Was it two batters or all three in the eighth? He had no well, sense of where. Walked... The... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it
2: was two, two of
0: three in the eighth.
2: But he, um, he also, for the record, he also gave up what nothing that wasn't on the ground. Like I think one he, of he them was, was like, oh,
1: he, he, no. Hard when hard Tyler Chatwood throws strikes or people hit the ball, they don't hit him hard. Like that's Tyler Chatwood. He, his stuff is ridiculous but he could not throw strikes. And that's the problem. You can't let a pitcher in a one-run game walk four batters in a row without having someone come in before that. You just can't. Like, if you don't trust anybody else in your bullpen, then why even have them there? You have to be able to count on them to come in and not walk in runs. And and if the other team
0: beats uh, you with the bat, fine. You didn't beat yourself. You went to your next best option.
2: I do not think that's how this would be looked at. If again, they brought in a lower in air quotes, like a lower leverage reliever that got knocked around. Do you I, really I just, think
1: that people would complain if after three walks, they took Tyler Chatwood out? If he'd walked the bases loaded.
2: I do think it, I just know. I, I don't I know care if the guy saying, comes in
1: and give up a grand slam. If you I, walk I, the bases loaded, <laughs> no one's going to complain with you getting taken out. I don't care who comes in.
2: I mean, uh, I, yeah. I, like, we all follow baseball. I, I feel like nobody...
0: There's no, like, good way to manage a bullpen. Everybody's going to get No, criticized. that's not the argument we're making here. We're not making... Uh, is Charlie Montelio yeah. good at bullpen management argument? Right, right. Our, yeah, our and argument my, here is, is simple. Is there any reason to leave the guy who has walked the bases loaded in the game, in a tie game, on the road? My, and my,
2: even right, and my response to that is when it's your... Third best reliever, and you've already used the other two, and the person behind you has pitched less than ten big league innings. I don't think it's insane to do it. I'm not and saying we do. It, we do. i not think it's the right call necessarily, but like the, I just, I don't get how it's like this insane thing where like you can't conceive of it, or you know, he needs to lose his job because of
1: no, no, no <laughs> one's, no one's saying that. Either. I know. Yes, I, know. And there, and I There are I know. people. Let's no, no on job. us
2: here, like. <laughs> Right, right. But OK. But like, again, in terms of like fallacious f- f- arguments or something, we're talking a lot in counterfactuals too. like the idea that people wouldn't be upset if they yanked him earlier and a lesser reliever gave up the lead. Like, OK, people will always be upset. Like, that's not the right. Yeah. But but rational people
1: are right. not going to say. Oh, look, oh, geez, you know, this guy walked four guys in a row, but you know, like that's better than a guy giving up a home run. Like, cause it's not like you, you just, you can't walk four in a row in a one run game, you just can't, you can't be allowed to do that. Like Taylor Chatwood has now walked nine batters in his last three innings pitched.
2: Yeah. And isn't like, again, this is not something I know a lot about, but you know, one of the things people do seem to praise Montoya for is that he's like a good man manager and you know, letting people work through stuff or whatever. I don't know what that's got to do with this process or what he was thinking. But um, yeah, I was just surprised like how upset and how like it seemed so obvious to everybody. And to to me, it was like it might have been a mistake. In like, real it time. People
1: were reacting to this in real time. Like it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't revisionist. It wasn't hindsight. It was why the hell is Chatwood still pitching?
0: With that was no like one it, in, with no one warming up in the bullpen.
1: Yeah. Sorry if my cat is making yeah, noise in the fun. podcast. He's meowing away behind me. Sorry.
0: <laughs> he agrees with you guys. Yeah. <sighs> You have yeah, to no. have a backup plan for when Tyler Chatwood walks the bases loaded. And it cannot be a couple more pitches and we'll get Anthony Castro going. It, it can't be.
1: Right. That, that, I, that is the biggest issue. It's that they didn't have anyone ready when there was no downside to it. Yeah. You could burn a guy, you could throw 400 pitches yeah. in the bullpen. It doesn't matter because you have an off day the next day.
2: Yeah, I guess it's just the context of who you're bringing in and how much faith you have in them. To me that is just as important. But like as, but it's not. You know, like,
1: like if you you can't have guys pitch in the major leagues if you can't trust them to pitch better than that. Like that, that's kind of the thing. They should right. not be in the big league. They should just DFA them all and call up all their minor leaguers who are off the 40 man if you can't trust them to pitch better than a guy who cannot throw strikes.
2: Right. And he's just, I, I guess it's just like those bouts of wildness happened to me with him, with Chatwood specifically. And like, it's kind of like buy the ticket,
0: take the ride. With, not not with, in a one-run yeah. game when you have people in the bullpen you can use. You okay, can I think get, we're now talking in circles,
1: the but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Let's talk we about... We disagree with
1: Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know in the tu- <laughs> when you listen to this on Twitter. One oh, of us we'll
2: oh, read the comment. Please. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know like no one agrees with me on this, but...
0: Let us move to Randall Gritchuk, who is probably not going to be as contentious. I think Randall Gritchuk is ready to turn back into, as we say, a pumpkin to the Randall Gritchuk we all know and love. And then last night, he homers twice. What gives, Josh? Why did he get better? (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) so Gritchuk does this every year
1: where he... You know, he's does great and then it's like, oh right, he's made the adjustment. It's he's gonna be a good player, and then he doesn't. Um the difference that I there's actually one difference right now that like his launch angle, his exit velocity, his ground ball to fly ball ratios are all like exactly the same, pretty much, as they've been throughout points in the last few years. The one difference is here are his pull percentages. Like they just straight up left, center, right, or pull. Here we go. Yeah. For 2018, 46%. From 2019, 44.5%. From 2020, 44%. 2021, (laughs) 35.8%. Now, again, this is something that might not last. People could adjust back to his adjustments and then his free swinging ways with his one plane swing might just turn back into nothing. But there is actually something different happening, even if it's not necessarily going to last.
2: That's really surprising, Josh, because I thought you were just going to say his strikeout rate is lower. Um, Because, like, for the second year in a row now, he's striking out around 20% of the time, whereas before, you know, it was up over 25 and often closer to 30% of the time.
0: So is he potentially striking out less because his willingness to go the other way means he doesn't pull off of the outside breaking ball nearly as often?
1: I think those two things are related, right? If you're staying back on the ball, you're not going to get beat by as many, you know, hard fastballs. You're not going to get, you're going to be able to adjust better to off speed pitches. And, you know, he still doesn't walk like that. You know, his walk his walk rate is the lowest as a blue Jay. Um,
0: walks are yeah, cool bad. across the league though.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, Gritchick doesn't walk like that. That's a thing. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that there is a correlation, between going the other way and up the middle more which because you know like last year for example he started doing that and then when he went away from it his numbers went back down again but right uh, you know like i think that there is a correlation between those things and having a better batting average you're just going to sacrifice some power normally but he's still hitting you know on like a 35 home run pace surprisingly
2: yeah well this has been like an organizational like philosophic move right to try to like hit the ball the other way um and stuff like that. So, yeah, our team's going to adjust. It's, it was interesting, like watching the first game of the Marlins series. The guys like Simeon are just shooting it the other way, and they're still, the Marlins defense is still playing like three infielders on the left side of the infield.
1: I think um, it'll be more pitching adjustments than necessarily defensive adjustments until the numbers get so big that they can't ignore it and they have to go back to playing a traditional defense.
0: Right. The Blue Jays currently lead the league in home runs and OPS, so I'm sure that adjustment is grinding away at some of the, in some of the offices of the teams they're about to face. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're back in Buffalo, Nick, and uh, apparently the biggest difference is the sound of the crowd. How much stock do you put in? having a crowd on your side to get you over the top? And do you, do you think the mini-sweep of the Marlins, uh, what what percentage of a win does the crowd get? <laughs> I mean, it,
2: I don't know anything about playing baseball in front of anybody, so uh, <laughs> who, who, am I to, who am I to disagree with professionals on, on this one? Um, yeah, uh, if the players think it helps them, then I'm glad they have fans. You know, it, it did suck watching those games in Dunedin when Tampa's pulling ahead in the 12th inning for the third time and then people are going crazy. So, um that's a little less frustrating for me, but yeah, I mean, hey, if they, if they say it helps, it helps, I guess. Uh, uh I'm not going to overthink it. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, right, guys. I mean, it, from I I just think like from a from a fan perspective, it's nice <laughs> to you know, to watch a game and have them be they get really loud when Bucks buck not buck Bo shoots a ball down the line to tie a game like it's like this is how baseball supposed to sound you know
0: (laughs) yeah um the fact that you know that baseball has one of the least uh effective home field advantages in all professional sport despite the bottom of the inning thing um makes me suspicious of of any you know any oh the, the crowd really helped us out thing but i think from a uh from an aesthetic standpoint, Josh is right. You, you and and you are right. It, it is nicer to hear the cheers when you're supposed to hear the cheers and and hear the booze or the MVP chants at, at the appropriate times. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure the facility in Buffalo is also nicer than a spring training facility in Dunedin. So between all of those combinations, I I hope that the the they are able to play better in Buffalo. Um, just a little bit. They don't have to play a whole lot better to be. A, a, a playoff contending team out here and maybe if you and I all are really nice and everybody in Ontario gets vaccinated in the next month or two, there'll be September baseball in the Dome. That'd be oh nice. Boy. What do
1: you guys think of the flickering lights?
0: <laughs> I missed that one. Watching the game muted has its its upsides and downsides.
1: That wasn't an answer.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
1: has nothing to do with the, with the sound.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't want any players to get like a seizure or anything like that, but um, like I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't like really strike me one way. I'm not like this is amazing, but I'm not annoyed by it either.
1: I'm right there with you. I've seen some like visceral reactions to it. And it's just like okay, <laughs> yeah, go
0: on, all right. Uh, well, uh, Ross Stripling is on the list of people to talk about because once again, handed the ball, uh, he did not disappoint which is different than a bunch of his earlier starts and the broadcast itself has actually highlighted a bunch of mechanical changes in his delivery that stripling has been or has made in order to try and tighten up some of the problems he was having do you think josh this is you know the answer to to stripling's woes at least some of them Duh.
1: well i mean the thing is like ross stripling has been good in the past like it's not like a guy who's like, you know, like Tanner Roark, for example, who hadn't really been good in five years. You know, Ross Tripling was a really good pitcher recently in 2019. So I think there's a chance if he fixed some flaws in his delivery and like the tunneling aspects of his curveball and things like that, that he could be more effective. I don't think he's going to be the guy who has given up one run in the last 12 innings. I, th- I you know, I no, don't no. think that's likely.
0: I- I'm just but saying do, yeah, do you I mean, think if that... as long as he
1: becomes serviceable, like even if he doesn't stay in the rotation, like if he can be counted on to give you a few innings to keep you in a ball game, that'd be really nice.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I, I just I'm thinking, you know, keeping keeping his leg kick less exaggerated, his knee closer in, his his hands closer in. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a pitcher. I, I would I, maybe we should have had Mike Sun back on and asked him what, what Ross Stripling actually did differently and <laughs> whether it would make a difference.
1: Well, I mean, I think that it all makes a difference, even if it doesn't, because there's a psychological as- aspect to pitching, right? If you think you're more consistent and more in line, you'll be less worried about your mechanics when you're pitching. And uh, I heard an interesting discussion today about Manoa pitching from this, the stretch all the time, how you actually do, you get a little more deception when you throw from the full, which is true. Uh, and maybe he should do that when he's struggling. I, I don't think you ask a guy to change how he pitches, but it is. The same kind of thing where these minor tweaks can actually have an impact. And sorry, just to keep talking, but uh, this game, by the way, I thought was a lot of people hated the decision in retrospect, but I thought going to Dolis and Romano was great. Win that game. Like, I don't care who you have left for the second game. Win the one that you, like, if you, you get five innings out of, out of Stripling, take the win that you while you can and hope that Matzo pitches the rookie in the second
0: game. Which he did, ironically. Until the sixth. Yeah. Uh I wouldn't necessarily hold Stephen Matz responsible for everything that happened in the sixth, but No. Say <laughs> mm-hmm. la vie. Why does our backup infielder not make the plays? H- how does that work?
1: Uh yeah, Espinel's made a few errors recently, actually. Yeah. Uh, the the Jays habitually don't do very well in the backup infielder role. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the rules.
0: The unwritten rule of the baseball.
1: Even when they try to, like the year where they, uh, you know, they they thought they had Tulowitzki and Travis to start, and they were backing up with Salarte and Ledmis Diaz, and then those two guys were starting by like mid-April. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Um. So check in with Danny Jansen now. Did you did you read how many plate appearances Danny Jansen uh, has had, Nick, um, since our last podcast?
2: It's. Did well, you, you, you talked uh, about this, right? It's two plus
0: a, a sack bunt? Yes. You yes. don't pay Amazing. for that? Yeah. Uh, that no, is, you, I mean, you get a play
1: appearance. He doesn't get in a bat. Yeah. Oh, oh right, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so without knowing, other than the sack bunt, do you think Danny Jansen has been an automatic out? Because the sack bunt is an out. It's um, as close to an automatic out as you actually can be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just not an automatic two outs yeah. that you might be in that situation. Do you think Danny Jansen managed to go... Either one for two or take a walk in his two remaining plate appearances.
2: Oh, I don't like the odds there. I don't
0: know the answer to this. I, I'm genuinely yeah. curious. I'm, I'm going to go. No, no, you were going to go. He is this week an automatic out from Nick. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Danny he, Jansen managed to get on base. Josh, what's the truth?
1: He was not an automatic. out. Yes. yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> he in him. his, Two non sack bunt plate appearances. He was 0 for 1 with a walk.
0: He walked. That's all you need, man, for 500 OBP this week. Better than Vlad Jr. Thank you very much. Moving on uh, to the issues yeah, list. Just,
1: by the way, just <laughs> like you were talking about, like, is a sack bunt a plate appearance? It is, but it doesn't count against your on base percentage. Yeah.
2: Right. 0 for 0.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Whereas a sack fly does. None
0: of these things oh, make a lot of sense to me.
1: It actually does make sense, because in a sack bunt you're actually trying to get out. In a sack fly, you're not. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That
0: does make sense. All right. The injured list. First, the old and busted injured list, and then we'll go to the new hotness. The old injured list. Uh, Thomas Hatch. We thought Thomas Hatch was coming back. He has a new ouchie, Josh?
1: Yeah, it was side soreness is what they were saying, whatever that means.
0: I have that most most mornings when I get up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It has also prevented me from pitching in the big leagues. Julian Merriweather. how's, how's Merriweather? I'm sure he's just around the corner because he was on that 60 day IL and he's got lots of time to you know recover and recoup. right? Yeah no. Okay. Oh, Ryan Barucki, just a little fatigued, as we know. so I'm sure that the fatigue is worn off now that he's had the full full 10 days. so he's just uh, just around the corner, right?
1: Uh, he hasn't been able to find any good coffee. Oh. Really snobby about it? <laughs> oh, uh, no, yeah. The, the, the report on those three guys was not close. That's it. That was the that, that was
0: the extent <laughs> of it. Now, did that mean those three guys were like not mm-hmm. close to one another? Maybe that they were just not not a cohesive group. I'm trying to spin oh. this as positive as possible.
1: Now, uh, not close could mean like they're not coming back in the next couple days. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's what it means. I Probably think that means... there we're going to be another couple of weeks at least yeah. without those guys.
0: Nobody knows. Uh, speaking of people who have been close and then not close, I think George Springer deserves a hat tip or something here. Have we heard anything there? He's running the bases. Good, good. Uh, does he know that it's still counterclockwise that you run them in, or has he forgotten that?
1: <laughs> been a well, while. We'll find out when he gets back up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And the new hotness, AJ Cole. Uh, unusual injury, not not super unusual, but not an arm or forearm injury, to my understanding, or shoulder. Neck, no neck tightness, the neck
1: soreness. Yeah,
0: that's he borrowed Biggio's pillow and was sleeping.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Problematic <laughs> when you do that. You can't just be can't just be out there making mistakes like that in the sleep department. Uh, but there's a good one. Oh, yeah.
1: Patrick Murphy has moved to Buffalo in his rehab assignment, has struck out five and two innings since coming back, pumping 97. So, like, he's – like, there's no ill effects from his arm injury scene. So, I mean, that's where your bullpen reinforcements come from if you go to someone. I think that he can be a huge weapon.
0: All right. Let's cross our fingers for Patty Murphy. We look forward to seeing you soon because the Blue Jays have called up Carl Edwards Jr., and I don't know that they really wanted to do that. <laughs> was he on the forty man? Can can you tell me, Josh? At no. be no, no, he was not on the forty. Of course not. Um, yeah, we got into a game. So, who? Carl Edwards
1: like, Jr. Carl Edwards Jr. is like the prototypical <laughs> Blue Jays reliever, right? Because he has been really good, just not that recently. So it's like you know daniel hudson anthony bass and one oh it's like all these guys it's like we know there's
2: something there and like maybe we can bring it back out so yeah like edwards is not that yeah he's only 29 like so yeah. he, he's not that old and he had a good year in 28 yeah 2018 yes 2016 17 and 18 he
1: was pretty good and then 2017 yeah. he was awful and then hurt um and he's healthy and why not
0: He's one of those guys that looks really happy in the profile picture that they bring up. Like, he's just happy to be in the big leagues. <laughs> the I he,
2: he had that really great quote when the Cubs won the World Series and they asked if he was going to visit Trump in the White House. Didn't he say something like, nah, I've got better things to do. I'm going to go see some dinosaurs at the museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. We'll as long as he's, uh, you know, keeping him being honest about his intentions in Washington, D.C., Okay, Uh, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back with some of your excellent questions and our, hopefully, nearly as excellent answers right after this. And we are back. As promised, as usual, as expected, we are going to take your questions now, uh, like any reasonable person would.
2: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now, how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please?
0: Aaron Pileski, uh thanks for asking once again at poleski 29 uh, Obviously a very, very heated question, because it was sent in on May 30th. Not in response to you sending anything out. It was, how close is Chatwood to the next DFA? He's completely lost the zone. And while the second part of that is true think the first part might have been colored by just how stinging that loss was. Uh, it's next Yeah. I, <laughs> I will let you now defend Tyler Chatwood and why he's not going to get DFA'd on the Blue Jays.
2: Well, like I was saying 15 minutes ago, they have to have other relief pitchers who are more effective than him before they can, they can DFA him. Um, I mean, and give, given the Jays' injury history, they should have quite a few of them before they consider that, I would say. Even if they were fully healthy. He's been so good
1: up until his last three appearances. <laughs> you yeah. don't cut that guy. Like you take him out of that game, but you don't cut him. Like, you, like you, there's all the chances in the world he can get back to being the absolutely lights out reliever he was for the first sixteen appearances on the season.
0: Absolutely. Uh second question is from uh shocked face. Happy face, shocked happy Okay. Elspeth at uh Just Me ELC. Asked, after the latest Montario debacle in a list that continues to display losing over reliance on the computer guy's general management competency issues and lack of capacity to manage a bullpen, how much longer will he last? I'm sensing a lot of disappointment there as well in, in the Charlie Montoyo. I, I think right down is, given his style, Josh, is Charlie Montoyo the guy for this team if they get to the playoffs?
1: I, I think he'll be fine. Like, I I... I I actually think he's not a great tactical manager. I think he does some really weird things like bunting with two strikes all the damn time and walking the bases loaded and the extra innings at home. Like what the hell are you doing there? Like why are you letting the team potentially score more than one run? Uh, He did it twice in a row. And the second time the guy had a grand slam, but uh, I still think that like the manager, his job is to manage the people on the team more than anything else. And if, it seems like they all really like playing for him. And if that's the case, then that's the case. And you just, that's the guy. Yeah. And you hope that those mistakes don't happen or don't hurt you.
0: Anything to add, Nick?
2: Yeah. I just think, I know we were talking about it before, but it's just a, it's, it's a tough job. I'm not trying to be like an apologist, but I guess I feel like no matter who's the Jays manager, there's always questions about, their tactical abilities, their, you know, if they've lost the room, I just, yeah, I don't know. If there's been an amazing manager, nobody sees it in the time. I I think that
1: actually, like, if we're talking about recent managers, like, there weren't as many questions about Gibbons as a tactician, other than his sometimes confusing leverage issues with the bullpen.
2: (laughs) People were very mad about those, especially when they got to the point he was using David Price out of the bullpen, right? Like, that's not a small thing. No, and no, no. Is-
1: I know. I know. But it was one thing that people were specifically thought was an issue because every manager is going to have their things. It does seem like Montoyo just has a few things. Like, he just <laughs> seems to do weird stuff. Like I said, like bunting with two strikes. Like, Yeah. Oh, well, that's just so bad. Like, I don't understand that. but. But you, you can assess a manager's tactical abilities while also contain, you know agreeing with the concept that it's not the right move to get rid of him.
2: Sure. I think, you know what, maybe the best way of me describing it would be to say, I don't think his tactical problems, and I totally agree with you on most of them. I don't think those tactical problems uh, are limiting the Jays. Compared to other managers and other managers' tactical problems, right? Like Tony Larusa, own tactical problems. Yeah, <laughs> like Larusa didn't even know the rules a few weeks ago and copped up a game because of it. So, like, yeah, I don't think he's putting the Jays at a disadvantage. That's probably the best way to put it.
0: Uh, Brian Donley at Brian Donley eight says, "In the off season, the Jays were close on a bunch of guys. That is in quotation marks, and I appreciate them. Now that we are one third of the way through the season, who are you glad they missed on? Who do you really wish they'd have been able to land?" I think he's, I, I know what name maybe Josh is going to bring up here, but oh. I'll go to you first. Honestly,
2: I want to, oh. I wish we were together because I want to slip the piece of paper across the table to Josh <laughs> to see if we've got the same, the same guy. Cause I think we do. All, All right. I'll
0: go last then. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: All right, Nick, who, who is your, wow, we dodged a bullet guy
2: well, I so I'll say one that I was actually really, really disappointed on them not getting. Uh yeah. that was Carlos Carrasco. Um I was I remember when they made the Lindor trade thinking, you know, it it, it did hurt the Jays didn't get Lindor, but I'm like, they just threw in Carlos Carrasco, who's yep. <laughs> a really a really good pitcher coming off a pretty dominant, you know, third of a season. I was pretty disappointed uh about that, but it looks like You know he's been shut down again for I think three or four more weeks, so it it doesn't look like the Mets are going to be able to get a lot out of him this year.
0: And who is your wish they could have had that guy?
2: Okay, Josh, I want to know if it's the same one. But
1: yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you if it's the same guy. You Darvish? Of course. (laughs) Yeah, I knew it.
0: it. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, but I don't think Um, they
1: actually could have gotten Darvish just because of his no trade clause, but.
0: Right, right, yeah. All right, so who, yeah. who is your we dodged a bullet guy, Josh?
1: So I'm actually going to go with a different wish they could have got because, Nick, that um, at the time I did not want them to get him. But Joe Musgrove, like, God damn it, he went for nothing. Um, yeah. Or, or Sugano, who spurned their offer to go back to Japan. Um, it's funny, my dodged a bullet guy was also actually – <laughs> the same one <laughs> um, with Carrasco because I really wanted them to get Carrasco. So it's weird that, um, I mean, a lot of, I think the impetus for this question was probably Michael Brantley, who has actually been quite good, but is injured right now. And if they get Brantley, they don't get Semyon. But I'm not going to say that despite Semien being awesome because we'll never know what the move that would have happened if they got Brantley. Was because you have to make a trade if you get Brantley, because then you have five outfielders, and we'll never know what they would have done because they didn't sign Brantley.
0: Um, my, my, my dodged bullet is James Paxton. Um, oh, right. that's a good it, one. It yeah. did, seem, it did yeah. seem a lot like a cheap, no, you know, almost no risk. Oh well, he's just like like Kirby Yates, the one and done kind of thing. Um, Tyhon Walker, maybe for my, gosh, that. Would have been kind of handy. <laughs> uh, not, you know, the greatest thing in the world, but it, probably not that expensive and would be a starting pitcher, uh, which the Jays keep having trouble coming up with. So different answers than you guys for once. Uh, Tits McGee, which is totally a reference to birds, so I'm not swearing, uh, at Sale9070 asks, who are you trading for Scherzer? Nick?
2: Um, I feel like the people I would say I wouldn't trade for Scherzer uh, would be like, not Martin, not Groshans, I don't think, uh, and not Manoa, and Simeon Woods-Richardson. I'd say, other than those four, anybody's in play. That would be my But Would you position. trade Pearson? Oh, Pearson. Oh, yeah, I kind of had him on the major league roster. I don't think so. Sorry, what's Scherzer's, is Scherzer a free agent after this? Sure year? is. <sighs> I, I would know not,
1: for the record. Yeah. Like,
2: I'm going to say, yeah, I'll say no to him too. But am I being, am I clutching too tightly to these prospects? I
1: mean, you you probably have to deal one of those guys to get Scherzer. But I don't know. Like, I don't think the Jays are, I think you're probably right in line with the Blue Jays thinking. I don't think they want to trade those guys. Um, I could see them maybe trading one of, their middle infield guys or a couple of them, and even if it's not Groshans or Martin, they've got Morelvis Martinez. They've got Geraldo Leonardo Jimenez. You know, they've got a bunch of well-regarded shortstops. I could see one of them being dealt or two or three of them or whatever, or Gabriel Moreno. I don't think they want to deal, but if they came to that for Scherzer, I just don't think that they're going to match up on a deal as much as I want them to. I think that they ask for Scherzer will be far more than the Jays are willing to pay for a rental player. Yeah.
2: I guess the other thing is they have the Nationals have some middle infielders themselves with like, I don't even know if Kibum's a prospect anymore because he's struggled so much. But they have Turner up the middle. They've got Kibum like they might be looking for other pieces. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
0: My eyes glazed over when all those minor league names came up. So I'm going to let you guys have the last word. Yeah. Matt. Josh could have could have been making them up. I, I wouldn't have been able to call call those, him on it. Are those real people? Greg starts to wonder at well into the yeah. conversation.
1: I was actually just reading like productive outs uh Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh Matt Sweeby at Blue J Matt asks, Do you think Atkins will try and sign Semi in long term? If he does, how does that affect Biggio's future? Josh, I think, goes first here.
1: Oh, man, I have no idea. Um, I think that they, they would be crazy not to try to sign him long-term if, but I just don't see how they could possibly match up. One semi is going to ask for the moon right now because he can. And the Jays don't really probably want to give that to someone, you know, with the market, the free agent market is full of like elite shortstops. And, yeah, I just don't think that they're going to want to sign him right now to the kind of contract that he'd be willing to accept because he can ask for so much right now.
0: Um, I think he, yeah, I think they go for it, but I, I don't think it's a discussion until, you know, maybe until Semyon has declared free agency and he's just another guy on the Blue Jays list. Like I, I don't see them doing anything in the season because Semyon is certainly, like you said, trying going to ask for the moon. Um, and he also
1: probably wants to go back to shortstop because he's a shortstop.
0: Yeah. And I don't care how it affects Biggio's future. Biggio will either end up as a utility player who's good enough or, or not. But he's he's by no means is he, um, I don't think, slated in to be the Blue Jays' second baseman anymore.
1: Yeah, I think the second baseman next year is probably going to be Bichette.
0: Yeah. With what? Like Groshans or someone else? Carlos yeah oh i like that (laughs) (laughs) all right brian a at bj arsenal 84 our last question unless i have missed a question asks when are you getting mama manoa on the pod uh well i think you know the answer to that just as well as us which is probably after she's been to every other possible media outlet that's when we usually get people
1: (laughs) we we still won't because like look i thought it was really cool like her excitement about her son but my god they're overdoing it going to her every single time he does something it's like we get it like she can be excited i'm happy for her and i'm not blaming her for reacting to her son it's awesome but we don't need to see it every single time
0: yeah especially every pitch like it's like okay slow down and and then you gotta see her all disappointed when someone launches a dinger off of uh of poor Manoa, who we did we discuss Manoa at any length? No, we kind of glossed over Manoa's second start. Um, so this is an opportunity for us to say, "Hey, uh, what happened there, Josh?" Well, he just
1: like he, his stuff wasn't good. I mean that 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 was the biggest thing. You know, he his velocity was down. Mm-hmm. He and his command of his off speed stuff was not good. Yeah, you know, like he gave three home runs on a change up, a slider, and a change up. And they were all – well, actually, the last changeup was a good one, but it was just the wrong pitch to throw after he went slider, slider, changeup. Um, the sequencing was just weird, too. Like, in the last three batters he faced in that game, he walked the seven-hitter on a 3-1 slider. Then he hit uh, Alfaro, which, you know, whatever. He hit him with a two-strike fastball. And then he walked the nine hitter on a three, two slider. It's like, just throw your fastball at these people. They can't hit it. Like, I don't know, but it was just a little weird, but I think he's fine. Like, I'm not worried about him.
0: The conditions were beginning. Were they beginning to deteriorate by the time he got to, to that? No, no. So he doesn't even have the leather as as a tremendous excuse.
2: The interesting thing I was, I was thinking about, like when I was watching, it's like he's thrown so little professionally I was like we don't even know if he is susceptible to like giving up home runs or not and obviously he's not going to give up it's very unlikely he's going to give up 3 a game or anything like that but it's like it's not Rourke, Yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> our homers going to be a problem. I was I kind of found myself wondering that without any real way to answer it.
0: It Maybe. did ter- it did turn out that in fact um the Yankees can't hit. Um they pr- they proved that Many times over the last couple of weeks, but uh he was a he was perhaps a benefactor benefactor of some of that as well.
2: That that Marlins lineup is no great shakes either, though. No, they suck.
0: Yep. Uh so yeah. Little little column A, a little column B. Um <laughs> Okay, that did address the Mama Manoa. Yeah, we wish, but no. Uh no, uh, I, just, I don't it, wish. I don't he want doesn't to wish. Does, I doesn't don't. fit the format. Sorry, apparently doesn't fit the format. All right, <laughs> uh, which means we have one gold star to hand out. I think that's rather brilliant.
2: So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star.
0: You enjoy that. You've earned it. Why am I handing out a gold star? I have a drawer full of these things. Um, Joey Votto went on the Reds broadcast and did play-by-play for, I believe it was the sixth inning uh, a week ago or so. And I am just giving him a big gold star because, A, he, he didn't come on for an interview. He actually did the play-by-play. He called pitch types and locations. Um, he, he talked about whether a swing was good or not. He 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 uh, talked about what the runner was doing. He really tried to do play-by-play. Like, he'd been practicing. He even joked. Well, I don't know if he joked or not. He was telling the announcers that he had. And he took the opportunity to say that he really enjoys watching players with personality and with with enthusiasm play the game and the lack of that from so many of these current broadcasters whether they be former players or um or you know career broadcasters who seem to think that baseball is just too much fun these days is painful for a lot of us who watch baseball so to have someone go on and bang the drum for um, the enthusiasm coming from the booth as well as on the field to me deserves a gold star. So there, Very fair. uh, yeah, we've, we've rolled on through so much podcasts at this point, And I've realized we are at the point where I can ask people for a final thought. Now I know Nick is sometimes caught off guard by the final thought. So I will turn to you, Joshua Hausam for yours first
1: we do this every podcast i don't know about getting caught off guard
2: wait why um, do you think i'm caught off guard i, no, I always i always have them. Or, or do i just articulate them so poorly that it sounds like i'm getting caught off guard yeah. could be no, column no, that's a wait, that's wait. a different problem
1: <laughs> i don't think that's an issue um but anyway so the baseball celebrated lou Gehrig day which was the anniversary of lou Gehrig's death uh, on yesterday we're recording this on thursday and, you know, they, they, it was about raising awareness and money for ALS. And this for me, obviously, my, you know, for those who don't know, my, my mother recently succumbed to ALS. So anything that people can do to try to just destroy that stupid, stupid disease, I, I'm I like, I'm all for it. I'm really happy that they did something like that. All 30 teams.
0: All right. A uh, round of applause for Major League Baseball, uh, you know, continuing to put some some uh, light on on that a disease that is so much associated with obviously Lou Gehrig and, and his Iron Man status uh cool <laughs> okay now Nick you've had lots of time to write a quick script of how you're going to do your final thought <laughs> yeah well I
2: mean the first thing I'll say is I completely agree with with everything uh Josh said and like it is ALS is not only just such a terrible thing for the people suffering from it but Money and fundraising and things like that are so important because the the amount of care that, you know, people need when when they suffer from it is is very it's like a high level of care. And there's so many great people out there that, you know, support workers and um family members that it's really helpful to have fundraising like that. And yeah, it. It's it's a great it's a great cause um yeah but sorry to not piggyback on Josh and say something <laughs> watch, else is like watch this
0: segue folks yeah. everybody yeah
2: <laughs> no there there's no going to be segue but it, my my final thought was just like are we gonna see are we seeing a reckoning in in baseball with the uh, the foreign substances on uh, on pitchers fingers um I think it's too early to tell yet you know, Garrett Coles struggled a little bit in his last few starts. I'm curious to see what's happening uh, or how it all plays out, I guess would be the more accurate way to say it. But if, um, if major league baseball decides to to clamp down on what pitchers are are putting on their fingers, we could see some very interesting results uh, in, in the next, you know, in the next few months. And I don't think, you know, I don't think aces are going to turn into pumpkins, but uh, it 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 could be impactful, so I'm I'm very curious to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, so am I. Um, there is a Reddit, uh, a multiple Reddit posts on our baseball right now that are simply titled "Pitchers Who Probably Cheated," and then a whole bunch of charts and data to back up guys whose spin rate changed drastically over a short period of time. And it's like, wow, it's it's not hard to find the data. Now, what is Major League Baseball going to do with with that and the physical data that they have? Because they're horrible at this. When they find a problem that is affect, pardon me, affecting game balance, uh, always happen. Uh, my my thought is far more random. The Blue Jays, we talked much about their bullpen woes, so I would like to just note that um, the relievers of the month in the, which is a, a real reward that award that uh, baseball hands out, the reliever of the month in the American League was Liam Hendricks, and the reliever of the month in the National League was Ryan Tapera. Uh, and it proves that, no, you can't just keep everyone on the roster forever until you need them. Uh, I wish that you could, because it would solve so many problems for the Blue Jays right now.
1: Hey, that's MVP vote-getter Ryan DePera. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I think he Which was motivated great- by that MVP vote to be Pitcher of the Month this month. It's
1: so funny that the guy just clicked the wrong name in the drop-down menu, and Ryan DePera now has an MVP vote in his, in his ledger. Um just, just quickly, just not to steal your final thought there, but got to give some props to the bullpen in that last game of the Miami here, the two-gamer. They were awesome. Like, they, you know, they sit five and two-thirds, give up one run, let the Jays get back into that game that they won on the walk-off.
0: Yeah, they brought out the smoke and the mirrors all in one outing. So uh, keep it up, guys. You might need to do it a couple more times. Oh my goodness. Uh you have been Joshua Hausam at Joshua Hausam, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And also you over there have been Nick dyka at Nick dyka And this has been episode number two hundred and seven of the artificial turf sort of artificial turf wars. And uh we will talk at you next week.